You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 49. Today's topic, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Which, let me tell you, Sandy, isn't always an easy thing to do. In fact, it's often a really challenging thing to do. We get on a show and an episode and talk about things we can do. And I know my feeling is a lot of the time walking away with, wow, there's so much more I feel like I should be doing, could be doing, would like to be doing, and I can't do it all. No, nobody can do it all. I, uh, you know, when I speak at conferences, lots of times you've seen me, I have a picture of a giant jug that literally I could stand up inside of it. And it it's an ancient Nosos on the island of Crete in Greece. I was at the palace and I saw this this huge vessel and the they showed us how this was used in the king's palace to store grain and olives and oil and they said it would hold a thousand liters. Mm. And and then there were there were it, pictures of the people and Dave, they were vertically challenged like I am. So they're about five feet tall, slight. So how are you going to carry a big jar like that full of oil or or grain from the field to the palace pantry? Mm. And what they had done is they created handholds all over the outside of that jug. And then a dozen people could grab a hold of the same vessel and carry it anywhere they needed to. So everybody had a small part in carrying the heavy burden. Wow. So that they What a great could, analogy. Oh, I, I just love it. Yeah. And when I start feeling like, oh, I'm carrying too much, I am because I haven't offered the opportunity to someone else to grab a hold of one of the other handles. Mm. And um, making sure that everybody's available and ready. I, uh, I was drawn to the admonition in Galatians in the New Testament this last week, um, maybe because I kind of had a cold and was down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It said, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And as you said when we started on this, you come away from this show thinking, oh, I could do this and I could do that. And you might take on more than you should, or you have taken on something and you haven't paced yourself. So what I really want us to talk about today is in response to the amazing resources and tools that we're able to share with you with our guests and and our activities at Vanguard Global Center for Women and Justice, um, how do you do this for the long haul? 
Mm. You know, we've had a lot of response lately, feedback on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I know you have a few uh, things to share with us of folks who have reached out to us that it's just every time I hear one of the stories, Sandy, I'm just amazed and humbled by the work that people are doing. Last summer, we heard from a student in Chicago and he was just like this. I'm I'm passionate about the. I want to jump into this. And then he sent us an email, and I think you wrote back to him. I did. I did. Yeah, and he actually uh, is at the same university I graduated from, uh, University of Illinois in Champion Urbana, which is downstate okay. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that he reached this conclusion. This is a marathon, mm-hmm. and it's going to take time to be ready to do what he wants to do to fight this. And you sent him a great response, encouraging him in that long process and doing all of the hard work now as a student so that he'll be ready uh, when he's actually finished with his education. Yeah, and today we're going to really look at what can we do as people who care about ending human trafficking to take care of ourselves first, because this isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. It's not something as much as we'd all love to see this issue be resolved and go away in the next few days or few weeks. Reality is it's not. And so we need to take good care of ourselves and be first centered on who we are, um, how we can uh, really empower ourselves and the people around us so that we can do good in the world. So we're going to spend some time looking at that today. And it's a little different than what we normally do, Sandy. I know, but I kind of like it. I like the eye contact. Um, you know, when, when I'm using that illustration of it's called pithari in mm-hmm. Greek, um, and I think about that handhold, a lot of the, the feedback we've had recently has really been people looking for what their particular piece of the responsibility is. Mm. A professor at another university um, just felt like he needed to drink the whole cup at one time. So he listened to 20 podcasts um, in a row while he was painting his house. Oh, wow. To get, because he wants to see where to, where, where's my part. Yeah, um, yeah. Another instructor in the UK is using the podcast as weekly listening material in preparation for their class. And there's a women's group that um, 15 women come together every week and they listen to the podcast. They're all trying to figure out where is my place mm, in this. Wow. And I think that's a real key thing. To, it's part of our mantra, study the issues, be a voice, make a difference. Figure it out, study, listen to a lot of these, do a lot of reading. Don't just jump into the first thing that happens and then find out, oh, this is not a good fit for me. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. And then we lose warriors in the battle that we need. We do, yeah. And so we, we want you to um, keep on keeping on and don't give up. And there are sometimes, even when you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do, this is your piece. Um, you're still exhausted. You still come to uh, the morning thinking, I don't even... I, I can't even get up today. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you keep on then? Dave, what do you do? Oh, you know, sometimes you just think about, for me at least, and, and you know, Sandy, um, here's the best example I can use, is we have uh, this wonderful group of people who serve on the board of the Global Center for Women mm. and Justice at Vanguard. So um, you're a member of the board by the virtue of the fact you're the director, and then there's, uh, what, eight or nine of us that serve yeah. on the board and who are, you know, all walks of life, members of the community who come and, and serve and, and add value in different ways. 
And so we get together for a meeting about once a month. And I almost always have a feeling of overwhelm after those meetings. Mm. Not because I'm personally asked to overwhelm myself, but just the amount of things that the center's doing, trying to do, trying to be a voice in so many different avenues and aspects and uh, putting on a conference, doing all the things that the center does on a weekly basis or even a daily basis. And if I volunteered to help with even 10% of the things we do, I would overwhelm myself almost Mm. immediately. And so it's that always that competing nature, that competing feeling of like wanting to help, but also knowing that you can't do everything. And so for me, it's well, I've really used the analogy and I, I, I think about this analogy a lot, Sandy, actually, in a lot of mm. aspects of my life of the, the, the large, and I can never say the word, the pithati. Very good. Ooh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, you get it. a free trip to Greece. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Virtual. S- yes, yes. <laughs> so I love that analogy because for me, that the one thing that I know that I can do and commit to and you know, I do other things on occasion, but the one thing I know I can do and commit to is this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I have made a commitment to make it happen, to have, to utilize our studio, to provide the resources, to coordinate with you so that we air an episode every two weeks and to do that regardless. And case in point, this morning, you, first thing you walked in this morning, you remember the first yeah, thing I, I said? Yeah, I do. I uh, do. You know, we didn't sleep last night. Bonnie and I just didn't sleep because our son Luke is uh, just over a year old. He cried through the whole night. Very rare for him to do that, but he did. And he's just something's, he's teething or something's bothering him. And, um, and I never really went to bed, so never really woke up. And I was so dead tired this morning. Mm. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? I've made a commitment to this. I've made a commitment to be in the studio. And if it was anyone else, Sandy, I probably would have sent a text message or something and said, you know, it's not going to be possible to do today. But I thought, well, you know what? This is something that needs to have so important. This is my piece of the handle. I have to pick up that piece today. And, mm. and by having made that commitment in advance and, and, and having made that my piece, then when the obstacles show up, it's it's easy for me to make that decision to keep that commitment. And I think mm. that that's the thing for a lot of us that gets in our way is that we don't often think of the obstacles that are going to mm. come. And it's not if obstacles are going to come, it's when they're going ah, to come. And then right. how do we respond? Because there's always going to be obstacles, but if we've made a commitment to something we can do and keep it sustainable then we can do something for the long term. If we've overcommitted ourselves, then it's so easy for things to fall apart once the obstacles yeah, show up. I think that's a real big danger, especially when you're when you're really passionate about fighting this evil mm-hmm. um, to overcommit. Mm-hmm. And and we need to have some safeguards in place and and learn to say, let me think about that first yeah. before I commit. Yeah. And recognize our own um, limitations. I have a I have a, a yellow sheet of paper and it was yellow to start with, but it is really old mm. that I keep next to my desk. And it has 36 um, rules and some of them are pretty, pretty simple, like go to bed on time. That's a really important thing. You need sleep. But that's huge. And it's huge. And one of the things it says, a number rule number 32, sit on your ego. 
Mm. Because when we overcommit, we think we are bigger and better than we really are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we need to recognize our limitations for several reasons. First of all, it's not good for our health. And we don't allow others to be able to reach up and grab their handle on that jug. Mm. So sit on your ego. Don't overestimate what you can do. One of the rules I know that they teach in business is always um, under promise and over deliver mm-hmm. and you'll have good relationships. Mm-hmm. I think I think that might work really well in this area as well. Yeah, and you know, some of the things that we think of that are so fundamental, like getting a good night's sleep, Sandy, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when you don't do it consistently, it takes you down. Like I am down today physically because we you know, didn't yeah. sleep well last night. But when we do that consistently over time, and this, I'll tell you, Santa, this is something I still struggle with because so many things I'm doing in my life right now, career-wise, volunteer-wise, I'm passionate about. But I know the importance of getting a good night's sleep. And and when the people who do research on sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. I, I'm always struck every time I see one of these studies that when they, there's always a control group and then there's a group that they're trying to sleep deprive and then you know figure out like how they respond differently in different situations. And I am always struck that the whatever group is the sleep deprivation group, the group they're trying to deprive of sleep, they will end up having people only, they'll only allow people to sleep for like six hours at a time mm. every night. And I always think to myself, well, there, I know a lot of people who sleep six hours every night, and yeah. including me sometimes. Mm. And that's the standard for, you know, in some of this research, sleep deprivation is is getting six hours a night and so you think about that over the time and years like how much less effective am i being if i'm not getting a good night's sleep and i know from personal experience that that's something that i'm not as effective with if i don't take the time to do that and you know this is about ending human trafficking sleep deprivation is one of the tools that traffickers use to break down their um the resolve of the victim oh yeah so it's it's torture really and and it reduces our cognitive ability to reason to remember and so sleep is absolutely a necessity we can't just take away from our sleep time in order to add to our daytime um you know one of the one of the other things um that happens in this area of working as an advocate as an activist or providing aftercare um is the wearing on your soul, the mm. the sense of always seeing the really dark things that are happening to people. And, and that can begin to uh, wear you down in a way that um, just breaks little pieces off of you. And one of the resources that we use at the center is called Hands That Heal. It's a curriculum that was written by a partnership with the Faith Alliance Against Slavery and Trafficking. Hmm. And it has as one of the units in the training um, the, the care for the caregiver. And it, this is an important aspect for us to consider. What are we doing intentionally to be healthy? We talk about nutrition and eating the right things. How do we feed our soul mm. as much as how do we feed our bodies? And so one, I wanted to spend just a little bit of time talking about what we do to feed our souls and to recognize 
that um, we're taking hits all the time. You know, if you see a car bumper that um, people, parking is pretty close and they kind of park by Braille, whatever, um, you can see those dents. Mm -hmm. But um, when when I I remember the first time I got a surge protector for my computer, um, I did not understand how to know that it was doing its job because I couldn't see it. And my, um, my brother said to me, he said, it's just like your car bumper, but you can't see it. Every time there's a surge, it dents it, but it doesn't get your computer. Right. Well, the same thing happens to you, Dave, when you're working hard on these issues. Um, your soul gets bumped. I mean, the stories are tragic. We did an interview with Ernie Allen on the last podcast, mm-hmm. and some of the stories just gripped my heart. Oh, me too. Yeah. And and now, how do I um, pound out those dents? How do I have a surge protector around my heart? And a lot of that is going to be having disciplines of of meditation and prayer and and reading. Um, scripture and stories that will inspire and build up and um, support the 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 flourishing hope that there is um, as we work together there is an answer and that God is working with us I I think um, that feeding our soul is um, looking at ourselves very honestly and Mm. recognizing our limitations yeah and um when we do that, it's it's kind of like floating. I love to float in the summer in uh, in the ocean or a river, wherever, and just just not have to exert any energy. And I can't do that if I'm always striving to swim upstream. Now there are times when I'm going to be at the front of the pack swimming upstream, mm-hmm. but um, I can't do that every day. And, and survive and be here tomorrow to pick up the phone at the Global Center for Women and Justice. When somebody calls me and says, you know, and this happened, this happened in the last couple of weeks, I've had so many calls. Somebody heard something that um, I was teaching on and they called and and the story was heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. It involved a, a very small child and initiating the investigation process and and doing something about it took absolutely every ounce of my emotional strength. Mm. And that was at nine o'clock in the morning. And I still had appointments all day long. Yeah. So what do you do at that point? What do you do at that point? I had a plan and I was so proud of myself. I actually said, you know, I'm going to call a friend of mine and just talk. So I picked up the phone and I called a friend. I did not tell them about um, kind of, it's it's sort of a, a, a secondary trauma response that you as an advocate um, might experience when you hear these stories and you help take action. So now what do you do about that? So I called a friend and I just talked about fun stuff. Mm. And until I could kind of feel my equilibrium coming back. And I know there are wonderful counselors and psychologists out there that will have names for that kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. For me, it's feeding my soul because I need that um, relational um, input in my life. It's like making a deposit so that then I could give out more later on. Mm, that's great, Sandy. You know, it's, it's 
And good for you for recognizing that in the moment because I think that that's what a lot of us run into is we start thinking about self-care mm-hmm. after we've already been taken down by something. And mm-hmm. so, and and that's good. We should at that time think, okay, how can I then recenter myself and, and reconnect? Even better is what we talk about on this episode, on this show all the time is prevention. Mm-hmm. Now, there's always going to be times where things are going to come up in our lives, unexpected things, um, emergencies, health health issues that we can't always plan for. But a lot of things we can be preventative about and how we handle ourselves, respond to things. And, and if we can do that with some consistency, going back to our consistency conversation, we can be more effective than we can be otherwise. And, you know, a couple of things uh, come to mind, Sandy, as we're talking about this, that, um, that Bonnie and I have done, uh, Bonnie's my wife. And so we have tried to be really intentional, especially this year, because we had a little boy. And so Mm -hmm. our lives are, are blessedly full right now. And so it's, it's exciting. It's really a neat time in our family and our marriage. And it's also a time that we suddenly have a lot less time than we used to, and we're both we both work full time, so it's really a challenge to juggle things. And so we've done a couple of things this year that has been really helpful. So one thing that we do is, um, and we haven't done this consistently, but when we've done it, we've done it often though, and when we've done it, it's really helpful. Is we will pick a twenty four hour window, usually on the weekend, to get offline. Ooh, unplug? Unplug entirely. So we will um, we'll turn off you know, the internet on the iPhones. We won't go on the computer. We won't look at email. We won't look at you know, whatever other things we connect with. And I mean, we're not militant about it. We still like use a phone if we need to, you know, meeting someone or anything like that. But, um, but we stay off the internet. And you wouldn't believe how much of your life you stay connected to the internet until you disconnect from it. And it's hard the first t- first 24 hours you do it, first couple times. But I'll tell you, it's great though, because you when you really disconnect for a day, especially those of us who spend a lot of our lives online and a lot of our lives connected, it is really, all of a sudden you have space. Mm. Mm. That's a gift. And so that's been, that's been really valuable for us. And the other thing that Bonnie and I do, Sandy, every, I don't know if I've shared this with you, every Sunday night, we have a babysitter that comes to watch Luke and we block out that time to uh, do something with each other. Mm. And so often we'll go to dinner and sometimes we don't even leave the house, but we'll just do something with each other to spend the time to re-engage with each other. And we always have the conversation every Sunday night. We'll talk with each other about what's something that gave you life this week and what's something that took life away from you this week. Mm. And so we'll learn both what's going on in the other person's life that's really exciting and empowering and enriching, but also what's the other person struggling with. And and I'll tell you, that is always a a really insightful, uplifting, and um, really great conversation for us to have in, in our marriage. And so, um, so that we've done really consistently for the last nine months. I mean, we've maybe missed one or two days where we've had like, unavoidable commitments, but that that for me is life enriching and that is a chance to recharge it totally is and yeah. i look forward to sunday nights i look forward to getting to spend time with bonnie it's so much fun oh i like that one 
Um, so that's kind of in our in our hands at heel curriculum. It's it's talking about uh, developing healthy relationships and setting limits. Being honest with yourself is also really important. Sometimes, especially, we might have a tendency to over spiritualize our health, um, our soul health, and we need to recognize how hard these stories and victim trauma is on our on our own psyche and how we deal with that and being honest about that. We also need to make sure, though, that we are careful about how we share that with others. Um, We don't want to unnecessarily burden somebody with horrific stories just to get a response Mm -hmm. from them because we just pass on our our trauma, and and that's not healthy. So we need to make sure we have um, strong support groups where everybody that's in that support group understands Um, the same professional limits. And we're careful with um, victim stories so that we respect their dignity. And at the same time, we also respect uh, the people who are listeners. One of, I was talking to a colleague in education recently, and um, we shared a similar um, concern that sometimes we traumatize people with information about um, sexual exploitation, particularly. Mm -hmm. And so his concern mirrored mine that we don't, in doing prevention training, we don't want to um, introduce content that is like a sample. It's like we don't teach people not to take heroin by giving them samples. So we want to also be careful with that kind of, of sexualized content that might be part of a training and, and, guard that because we need to guard our hearts Mm -hmm. and we need to guard the people that are around us. And especially as a leader, you know, when I'm taking care of myself, I'm a better leader. I need to also make sure that the people that I'm leading take care of themselves. And I, as I was leaving the office the other day and the coordinator um, and our new coordinator is Alexis Miller so if you're calling our 714-966-6360 number, Alexis is going to answer yeah. and She's answer great. all your questions. She's she just will. She delightful. Will. Um, and it was time for her to leave. And I said, um, you don't look like you're ready to go. She said, well, I, I can do a better job tomorrow if I could just finish a few more things. Well, there will be a few more things tomorrow too. And so I said, I don't really want you to get into that habit. I want you to be in a habit where your day has a start and a finish and we are able to occasionally we can overextend that because we that's why we have bumpers. Right. But most of the time, let's stay within the lines because it's healthier and safer. Yeah. So and, you know, easier said than done, Sandy. And I think it really does come back to those commitments that we've made with ourselves and with others and those boundaries we've set up. And if we've made those commitments that it's a lot easier than to when the obstacles come, when the challenges come, that it's a lot easier to work within them and work through them. And I think about, you know, this, this podcast as an example of that, uh, how many episodes did we do before we even received any feedback from anybody uh, yeah. from, I don't know, maybe it was you know, a, a bunch, I think. Yeah, um, I, I, it's like, is anybody listening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, no. you know, and today we got an email from Germany um, about our podcast in Zambia. 
Yeah. And um, yeah. They're, they're working on some research out of the um, University of Constance in Germany, in Zambia, Amazing. and want to partner with our partners there. Yeah, it's just incredible. And I think about um, I think about the show I started two years ago, Sandy, Coaching for Leaders. Mm-hmm. And I know you were going to mention it in a minute, but the, um, you know, I started doing a weekly podcast on helping uh, people, you know, smart people become better communicators and leaders about two years ago. And I think I we were in episode 10 or 11 or 12. I'd been doing it for literally three months before I got any kind of feedback from anyone in an audience, you mm-hmm. know, see if it was valuable. And I remember getting this one email from a guy, I can't even remember his name, but it was from a guy in the UK who emailed me. It was a really short email. He just said, um, you know, hey, thanks for this show. It's really been helpful to me. Here's how I've been using it. Just wanted to reach out to you. Thank you. And I remember when I got that email, it was a Saturday morning and I read it and I was like, wow, there's someone on the other side of the world that's listening to this show and it's been valuable. And that kept me going for another, you know, month or so. Um, but if I hadn't had that long-term perspective, we would have never gotten to the point where that email even showed up. And now today I get emails all the time from people and we have a big community of people that follow the show, just like this show. And it's, but if, if that long-term perspective, that commitment, those boundaries weren't there initially, Sandy, it would have never happened. Well, and, and I'm glad that uh, you brought that up because one of the self-care strategies that I have is to listen to coaching for leaders Mm. and in doing that, I not only get tips and and um, ideas and, and instruction on how to do a better job as a leader, um, what I really appreciate about that podcast is the transparency about challenges. Mm. And so when I listen to that, I suddenly don't feel alone anymore. Oh, okay, and the, the idea of, you know, Everybody expects Sandy Morgan to be there and do this and do that. And um, I can't do it on my own. I need a lot of help. And it's a collaborative and it's a community. And so finding out that other people have challenges in leadership with miscommunication or over expectation or um, just not enough resources. How do we deal with those things on a daily basis? And it's those little everyday mechanisms of getting the job done that involve leadership, relationship, and communication that we all need to be reminded, to to have reinforced. And so that's one of my self-care things. I'm just going to listen to Dave Stehoviak and Coaching for Leaders today. Oh, well, I'm so glad it's been helpful to you. And I, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well, Sandy, and that's one of the ways I keep my energy charged. Uh, one of my favorite is I listen to a show by Michael Hyatt uh, called um, This Is Your Life. And, uh, you know, I don't always, it's every episode isn't always the perfect topic for me. Like he does a lot of broad, different kinds of things, but he's such a great, he's just an inspirational, neat, uh, well educated, well connected, fun guy to listen to. And I always feel better after listening to him. He just has a great way about him. He's a wonderful leader. He's a great family person. You know, he just really has, I was one of these people that just really has a lot of things together. And I'm always inspired when even I listen to a show that has nothing to do with anything I'm thinking about in my life right at that moment. But I always, I love his positive attitude and his energy and his enthusiasm. And I walk away uh, listening to that show of thinking, oh, you know, that's, something that I can use and that I can benefit from. And so I think that the key for all of us is finding that, whether that's a podcast, 
whether that's a TV show, whether that is having lunch with that special friend that mm. empowers you and is going to lift you up, uh, whether it's spending time with a grandchild, whatever that thing is that brings life to you and that re-energizes you and charges up your batteries, identifying that first of all, but then making time for that in your week, for that to be part of your self-care process. I tell you, people would be very surprised with one of my self-care strategies. Oh yeah, what's that? Well, after a really long day, I love coming home and having all of the ingredients to make a fabulous Greek meal. And I'll just... I'll just, as I'm walking in the door, I'm transitioning my mind from all these little issues and problems to, okay, I'm going to chop the onions first. I've got fresh lemon. I'm going to squeeze that. Mm. Oh, I've got to get, make sure I've got garlic. And, and then I start cooking. And when I, when I serve that meal and I watch my family because it's fresh and, and it's, it smells good when they walk in the door, I feel so successful it just reinforces everything um it touches all the senses of uh, the the fresh colors i love lemon yellow and the mm-hmm. green spring onions and it's just it's so energizing on so many levels and of course people say you mean you do you you cook when you get home i was like well i don't see it as a duty i mm-hmm. see it as uh, a joy and on the other end of this, if I do the cooking, somebody else does the dishes. <laughs> right. And I don't know if our audience would know this, Andy, but you've actually, you've written a Greek cookbook. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there a way to people to get access to that online, by the way? You or? know, actually, um, if they send us an email at gcwj.vanguard.edu, I'll send you information on how to get okay, um, simple good. Greek on your table. I wrote it for Americans so they could eat healthy. And after living in Greece for 10 years, I learned how to cook from Greek mamas. They're the best. Yeah. And I remember when I came home, my daughters were in college and I was cooking and chopping and, and using olive oil. And I was real picky about what kind of olive oil. And my girls said, how come you didn't teach us this stuff when we were growing up? I was like, I didn't know. But I do now, and now they they all cook the same way. So I, I have to tell you, this book is great. I love the recipes in the book. Uh, Bonnie and I have six or seven copies of the cookbook in our house at any given time, and the reason <laughs> is because people will come over and we'll talk to them about cooking, and and we all your name always comes up, and we always end up having them handing them a cookbook as a gift. And so you know, once in a while we'll, we'll say, Aww. hey, can we get five more books? And 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 the uh, tzatziki recipe you have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it. it's pretty good. It's great. There it's isn't great. any store-bought that tastes like that. No, yeah. no, it's so good. I mean, uh, we, someday we have to figure out an event with uh, some of our listening audience to have yeah, like a big Greek dinner or something. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. But, we'll you know, I love it that we're ending up this show talking about uh, food that nourishes us. Yeah. Because the parallel is we do need to nourish our souls. We need to take care of ourselves so that we can show up and be the voice and make a difference uh, no matter where we are and what our particular role is, where our hand is on that um, huge, huge jug full of evil that we have to end in to end human trafficking. Well, let me leave you with one resource then, since Andy had mentioned the Coaching for Leaders show, and thank you for for doing that. The um, You had asked me if there's a resource that I had 
uh, back uh, in episode 69 of our show, we did the topic on how to get it all done even in the midst of chaos, which a lot of us live in every day. So the best way if you want to check that out is go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash the number 69. So coachingforleaders.com slash 69. And that'll take you to that episode. And of course, it's on iTunes as well. So you can grab it there. And I air it every Monday. So it's always there as a resource and a guide for you. And then the other thing, of course, you should do is as you're listening to the show and you make a decision to do something to take care of yourself, we'd love to hear about it. And we'd love to engage in that dialogue with you and hear what you're doing and hear how you're keeping that surge protector around your heart, like Sandy said. So send us an email to gcwj at vanguard.edu or give us a call and either leave us a message or you'll get to talk to Alexis, who's uh, who's fabulous. And you can reach us there at 714-966-6360. Thank you so much, Dave. Oh, it's my pleasure, Sandy. And I should also mention that as we, uh, we close things out here, that if you're not already getting our newsletter, you should because it's going to give you updates on everything that's going on with the center. And you're not going to want to do them all because of what we talked about in today's that's episode. Right. But I bet you that your piece is there. Your handle is there. Something that will be for you that you can take and say, that's the piece I'm going to run with and it's going to help me to be a voice in ending this issue. And so go to our website at gcwj.vanguard.edu. And if you go to the site, if you go to the very lower left-hand corner, you'll see a spot there where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. And that will keep you up to date on what we're doing and how you can help be a resource. Sandy, it was always, it's always a great pleasure talking to you. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.